episode of Cape Chronicles. This one's number 90, um, where we are going to be exploring the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 2014. Um, the recording date is January 8th, 2023. And of course, you may be wondering, oh boy, Mike looks or sounds very differently. I can assure you, this is not Mike. This is Andrea. Um, and before I tell you a little bit about why I am voicing Mike right now, um, I want to introduce the other hosts. Um, we have Carrie. Carrie, how are you doing? I'm doing good. We we had our we very very appropriate for this episode. We we did our dojo New Year's kickoff party last night, um, where we had tests, and I got got my butt kicked by a 14 year old girl so that was awesome <laughs> right on and and very 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 much worth the the two months i've been spending prepping people for tests so yay, awesome. yay me so you have trained them well i and assume I made puffs so that was cool. yes they I trained them well, delicious apparently. yes they were, were delicious they were delicious awesome and we have fred fred how are you doing I am doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, we had a couple weeks off. We had Christmas. We had New Year's. We had, what, 10 days in Mexico. I can't complain. Yeah. We we kind of left Mexico before, like, all flights were canceled, before, like, so many things started to happen. So we're, we're glad to be home now, for sure. So. Yeah, you guys managed to, <laughs> like, the weather. Yeah. Yeah, we avoided it. we basically left the day before it hit and we landed back two days after it cleaned up so after the rains came back and all the snow went away so there was a whole slew of people that um, had canceled flights all across um, Canada and northern United States uh, from the Pacific coast to the Atlantic coast it was crazy Um, so many people were in the airports Um, I think one of the worst stories we heard is somebody was in one of the airports for four days waiting uh, for being booked on flights and of course this is during like right before Christmas like there's already a huge high um, volume of traffic for for the holidays alone Um, not Mm -hmm. to mention all the backlog of um, from the snow so just crazy yeah yeah weather has hit anyway andrea has yes (laughs) yes this has been this is uh, climate climate change it's a it's a thing despite what some people would like to tell us (laughs) all right we're not here to talk about science and and climate no we are here to talk about Yes, how science can also bring forth um, pretty, pretty cool beans. But before we get to that, um, yes, so Mike, uh, Mike has been having a very busy life um, and to balance family life and work uh, life, he has decided to step down and has left many of the shows um, that he was part of. Um, for now, he is saying that he will be retiring from podcasting. We may see him again. We may not. Um, it just depends on how things go for him because he has a new adventure um, that he is starting. And with new beginnings um, comes a lot of adaptability. So we wish him all the best. And we will try our best to continue this show on the road. Um, and we may, will... we may try to convince him to 
we may try to convince them to be on episode one on fun ones. Yeah. We're only we're only we're only ten months we're only ten months away from that, as, and based on our, our current recording schedule. Exactly, and my master plan so that, that worked fun, right? to kick him out of the show. It was fantastic. I'm just kidding. I had nothing to do with that. <laughs> All right. All right. So, anything else well, before we, we start? Anyway, Pardon? What were you saying? Blame Andrea anyway, no, or not? Exactly. Just blame Except- me for everything. Just it's okay. Oh well, no, because 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 I mean, the random chatter policy that whoever's not here it's their fault so if mike has so if mike has left the show does it automatically mean everything is his fault from now on you know what after all the suffering that he made me go through in every introduction of cape chronicles i agree with that message i mean i'm gonna back mike up okay. here i'm gonna say 100 this is tim's fault <laughs> <laughs> and tim if you're listening oh, no. we need to get recording again <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. It's been it's been way too long since I've recorded with Tim. Definitely. All right. So let's jump into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So Carrie, tell us a little bit more about the film. All right. Darkness has over New York City as Shredder and his evil Foot Clan have an iron grip on everything from from the police to politicians. The future is grim until four unlikely outcast brothers rise from the suit and this their destiny as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Turtles must work with the fearless reporter April O'Neil and her cameraman, cameraman Van, uh, Vern Fenwick to save the city and unravel Sh- Shredder's diabol- diabolical plan. I have not had anything to drink. <laughs> I have not had any alcohol today and I Maybe still cannot talk. <laughs> Maybe that is the problem. I, I, I am very much sober right now. <laughs> kidding, kidding. I can I can totally do stuff. I'm sober. It's just it's just less fun sometimes. Anyway, Fred, tell us about tell us about the uh, technical aspects of this film. All right, this movie was brought to us by Paramount Pictures. The runtime is one hour and forty one minutes. It was rated PG thirteen. It was released August 8th, 2014. It had a budget of $125 million. Its opening weekend was $65.5 million, and its gross worldwide was $485 million, which is pretty surprising compared to, to where it opened, to be honest. Uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score, the critics gave it a whopping 21%, and the audience is right in the middle at 50%. I don't know how I feel about this movie. I mean... Younger me wants to look at this and is trying to be in love with it, and older me says, "What the heck did I just watch?" <laughs> um, <laughs> younger me usually wins most of the time, so younger me is like, "I agree, this is great, I love this." I, anyway, I grew up we'll with the Teenage that. Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I absolutely loved them when I was younger. And <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just not sure. Do I need to separate each? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let, let's let's go through the, the cast and the crew. Um, the director was Jonathan Lubsman. Um, he's also famous for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, The Beginning, uh, Wrath of the Titans, uh, four and sorry, four episodes of Halo. Uh, for the actors and actresses, uh, Megan Fox was April O'Neil. Um, she comes from Transformers, uh, Lila and Jonah Hex, and Grace and Night Teeth. Uh, Will Arnett. 
uh, played Vern Fenwick. Um, he was the voice in Batman and Anything Lego. Um, he's also the showrunner for um, the the Lego Masters television series, which um, Andrew and I uh, have been watching yes. <laughs> and really enjoyed. Uh, he was also Lieutenant Grass in Jonah Hex. William Fitchner uh, was Eric Sachs. Um, he played General Adams in Independence Day uh, Resurgence and John Carlyle in Asylum. He was also in Armageddon, and I liked him that role as well. Yeah. Oh, I've, I haven't seen Armageddon yet, so. What? What? I haven't seen Armageddon. What is Armageddon. wrong with you? Terry? I, 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 I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Sorry. I um I have homework for you. <laughs> okay. Uh, Noel Fisher was okay. Michelangelo. Um, Mickey, he was also Mickey Mikulvich in Shameless. Dennis Zelsky in On Castle Rock. Um, Alan Richson played Raphael. He was Arthur Curry on Smallville. Um, Hank Hall slash Hawk on Titans and Jack Reacher on Reacher. Um, Pete Pulisic. First uh, one was, is first is in memory of Mike. Yes. Uh, he yes. played Leonardo. Um, he was Garrett Douglas on Teen Wolf and Brett Johnson in Captain Marvel. Um, Johnny Knoxville played the voice of Leonardo, um, and he's famous from Jackass, of course. Uh, Jeremy Howard played Donatello. Um, he also played Hitchhiking Ghost in The Haunted Mansion. Danny Woodbrum played Splinter. Um, he was also Grim in Mirror Mirror. Tony Shalob played the voice of Splinter. Uh, was also Adrian Monk on Monk, and Jeebs in Men in Black, and Luigi in Cars. Uh, Torohu Masume played Shredder. Torohu, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I'm terrible mm-hmm. at uh, pronouncing names. Um, yeah, I, I have I have problems with Japanese names. <laughs> sorry. I also played Toro in The Silk Road. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg played uh, Bernadette Thompson. Uh, she was also Guinan on Star Trek, Mother Abigail on Fremantle on The Stand. Um, and then the last one here is Manet Joey uh, played Kari. No, no G. Sorry. Car. Uh, very wrong. Anyway, she was the hostess in a movie, <laughs> The Beginning. <laughs> Sorry, I can't pronounce. Ronnie Kenshin, The Beginning. Yeah. She did it on purpose. She was Mine like, "We're just gonna butcher all of these." She, yeah, she I'm was, so sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, and the composer for all this was Brian Taylor, who also um, composes Yellowstone, The Grinch, and Sleepy Hollow. Awesome. So it's really interesting that um, Will Arnett, I cannot see him in any other role but, like, Lego. And seeing him here, I just he just did not fit. It was wild. Um, all right. So some I know. Might- and I know, I know people yeah. are going to get obvious for not for not not mentioning Arrested Development and, you know, too bad. Yes, of course. (laughs) Yeah. We we know. All right. So behind the scenes and trivia, originally the mutant thugs Bebop and Rocksteady were to appear in the film to fight the turtles. Um, They were to be martial arts soldiers that were given mutagen and turned into monstrous super soldier mutants for the teenage sorry for the turtles to fight they were written out with the intent of appearing in um, teenage mutant ninja turtles out of the shadows in 2016 Uh, this film was released on the 30th anniversary of the teenage mutant ninja turtle saga 
April O'Neil, uh, which was played by Megan Fox, has on a yellow, a yellow jacket throughout the film. This pays homage to her appearance in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 1987 movie, where she prominently had on a yellow jumpsuit. Um, and Fred, I think that's, actually the, I think that's yeah. actually the animated series. Oh, the yeah. series? Yeah, Fred was like, oh, yeah. um, where is her jumpsuit? And then <laughs> she grabs the jacket and he's like, that's her jumpsuit? yeah it was pretty pretty sad um an early screenplay had the turtles be aliens from dimension x the shredder be an alien who grows spikes and a breakout and escape at a mountainside foot base this screenplay received a huge backlash from fans and was discarded however the mountainside action sequence was retained April's line, aliens? No, that's stupid. Refers to early screenplay. Um, (laughs) Er Ernie Reyes Jr., who starred in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze in 1991, and acted as a stunt double for Donatello in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the 1990s, pitched a stunt video to Michael Bay in an attempt to serve as martial arts consultant on the film. Uh, and then, did he get to be that? No, I don't think so. Womp womp. I don't think so. At least he tried. Uh, Raphael has um, yeah. Mickey was here scribbled on his shell in Japanese. Oh, that's cute. Or Mikey was here. <laughs> like, Is that like, an homage to Mike? Yeah. Maybe. Mikey was here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, totally. Mike. No, uh, maybe. No, 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 Michael tagged Raphael's shell because, of course, he did. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Eric Sachs mentioned testing the mutagen on rabbits. This is a homage to Usagi Yojimbo, a comic about a samurai bunny. Yojimbo and the turtles have teamed up on several occasions. Uh, Oh, and I I think I've seen that before. White rabbit, right? Is it a white rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. White. Yeah. White rabbit. Yeah. As a samurai. Yeah. The training regime Splinter puts his sons through is called the Hashi. Hashi is Japanese for bridge, which in context refers to building and strengthening muscles for balance and endurance. Hashi is also Japanese for chopsticks. As an in-joke, Leonardo is seen training with chopsticks. Oh, and I remember that, yeah. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg stated that this movie has been a lifelong goal of hers. My daughter was a huge fan of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, so when the original movie was announced, she wanted to be in it. And so I asked around, um, but it never happened. Same with the other films they made. So when I heard this new project get announced, I asked around again, and to my surprise, they got the part. That's kind of sweet that it was for her daughter. Um, In Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990, the turtles were played by actors in suits and voiced by different actors. Josh Paris Raphael was the only actor who both voiced and acted his character. In this film, thanks to motion capture technology, the actors are both able to perform and voice their characters. However, Leonardo is played by Pete uh, Plozek and voiced by Johnny Knoxville. Um, visual effects supervisor Pablo Hellman requested the actors to improvise the elevator beatboxing scene after noticing their on-screen chemistry. That part was actually cute. That was um, really yeah. cool. Oh, except except Leo keeps hit, Leo keeps hitting the blade of his swords to get the blades of his together. I'm like, yeah. no, don't 
just do not ruin your blades <laughs> like that. <Dumbass>. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so. The visual effects team and core. I, I have some. I have some issues with some of the martial arts things. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure you do. <laughs> yeah. The visual effects <laughs> team incorporated the facial features of various actors into the mutant appearance. Leonardo's face was based on Tom Hanks and Russell Crowe. Raphael's face was based on Russell Crowe and Clint Eastwood. A scene where Raphael sticks his thigh into his belt like a gunslinger is a homage to Eastwood. Donatello's face was based on Leonard, Leonard Nimoy. Michelangelo's face was based on comedian Bill Murray. And Splinter's face was based on Japanese actor Toshiro uh, Mifun. Mifuni. Who, oh, Mifuni. Who had played various mm-hmm. samurais in his career. Splinter even has a chomage. Haircut like Mifun, usually worn in his samurai role. Um, All right. And finally, casting. Jane Levi, Anna Kendrick, and Elizabeth Olsen all auditioned for the role of April O'Neil before Megan Fox was selected. Do you think because it wasn't Michael Bay was producer that maybe that's where she got her in on this one? Maybe, although although she was that I mean she was fired from the Transformers movies for comparing him to a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. And that was all water under the bridge because they 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 brought her he brought her back for this. So yeah, uh, yeah. This is like what six years later, five years later, something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I could have seen Elizabeth Olsen doing this. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Um, Toharu Masamune is the first ever Japanese actor to voice the Shredder in an English-speaking Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle feature. Uh, you're going to have to help me with this one. Mine? Um, uh, Mine Noji. Noji, yeah. Mine Noji is the first ever Japanese actor to play the Japanese character Kurai. Before Karai was portrayed by the American Nell Balaban and the Chinese actress Siji Zhang and Kelly Hu. Uh, the Lebanese Tony Shalnaud is the fourth actor of Shaloub. Asian Shaloub is the first actor of Asian yeah. origin to portray Splinter after the Japanese Mako and the Chinese actor. Fetter, Chin, and Hoon Lee. Um, and finally, and he's the we'll... fourth actor to play, fourth Asian actor. And I, I actually had to look up. He's like, wait, Lebanon's in Asia? I guess so. Yeah, I would not have, like, no, it, it kind of sounds very different. Um, anyways, Whoopi Goldberg is the first and as of June 26th only Oscar winner to have appeared in the cast of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films. That's pretty cool. Jenny and have a big role. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So uh, let's break down the movie. So what were some of the favorite moments and overall thoughts of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I really like this movie. I, I, I'm not sure why these ones get so much hate. Uh, I mean, it's not 
and not as good as the 90s movie, but I like this one almost as much as the, the first 90s movie. So I, I really wanted to like this movie. Um, some of the things that really bothered me were I, I didn't like how they had to incorporate um, April O'Neil into the origin story. Like she didn't need to be. See, I like to that. It. See, I like I I kind of like that that she's the one who gave them their names. I and and that she was connected to the villain somehow. I I, I liked how it worked out. Which is Sam, fair. Go ahead. Uh, it was just one of the things that kind of took me out of it. It just was a change from the original origin, and it kind of threw me off. Um, one of the other things that I thought was when Raphael went to um, rescue his brothers. Um, in, in was it Sax's uh, mansion? I, I thought it was too easy, and mm-hmm. I wanted to see more progression to break out his brothers, other than just her hitting a button and giving them adrenaline and they're all out. I, I wanted to see a little bit more for that that build up uh, um, to fight Shredder. So I, I thought it was just a little too easy at that point, um, which is well, fine. Was, well, Shredder was wiping the Shredder was wiping the floor with him. Yeah, you the know, very, he's very keeping Shredder dis- distracted while while he was keeping Shredder distracted, kind of sort of while April got busted the others out. And maybe this is you know too much of a throwback to the '90s, but maybe Raphael could have like called on Casey Jones to help him or or something of that nature. Does Casey, Casey Jones, Jones will be in the next movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the other things was... that I found, which is another minor nitpick, is I, I wasn't a huge fan of the CGI of the suits. I didn't think they looked good enough for me. I don't know. I think that was yeah, one of I... the the issues that a lot of people had with this movie, just the way that the turtles looked. I actually enjoy them with their masks on, and then as soon as they take them off, yeah. you're like, whoa. Yeah, they look they 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 look weird without their masks. Yes, just in general. But I I did like you know, my and this is the, I, this is the movie that basically dropped Mikey down to my fourth favorite turtle because he was kind of he was really creepy. And, he was. And this, yeah. He, he is he was the creepy hormonal teenage boy and like dude, you basically just found out that that April's pretty much like your sister and you're still thinking that she's your girlfriend ew yeah yeah and that one not this is not game of thrones or Anne rice here yeah exactly so at the end scene where she's like literally you are my brother we're family she says to them and then he's still singing her the romance Ah. song it's like oh man so cringy yeah from the very beginning Yeah. yeah i didn't they could have made him funny without having him be a total creep about a hot girl and and that, that that's what makes me sad nice. about like Megan Fox and the many of the roles that she had when she was thought to be like the biggest sex icon is that everybody needs to point out how hot she is in every single movie. Like she cannot just appear there naturally. You know what I mean? Like everybody, like even mm-hmm. Will Arnett's character, needed to point out something sexual about her when she's leaning over the car. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, you, you're great there because you could see her her butt um, out the window. Like, it's just, I don't know, it just kind of dehumanizes her a little bit. Um, but yeah, the whole entire Michelangelo thing was just a, like a bit too weird for me. 
I mean, yeah, when I'm it watching just... it, and I see how cringy Michelangelo is, and I see how nerdy Donatello is, and I see how different they are. I also have to take a step back and remember that this isn't really written for me. This is written for, you know, teenagers, little kids, it's... right? So from that point of view, I, I thought it was fine. Like, yeah, but still, they they could they could have they could have had you know they could have dialed it back yeah. a little bit. Tell yeah. Mikey that told turn it down to to back off. Um, I I does tell is always my favorite turtle because he's the nerd. Mm-hmm. But, um, and yeah, I love uh, the more the more turtles I watch, the more I love Leo and Raph. And yeah, Mikey's kind of like he's cute, but yeah, this in this movie. And I don't remember if he gets better in Out of the Shadows. We'll find out next month. But yeah, yeah. he's he's very creepy in this one. Um, my other my other issue is with some of the um, like at the very beginning of the movie, Splinter tells the turtles to keep their elbows locked. I'm like, that's pretty much the opposite of what you're supposed to do unless you want your elbows dislocated. Yeah. <laughs> like, do not lock your elbows ever. And then yeah. Yeah, um, Leo hitting his swords together and hitting the blades, the actual blades together. Like, dude, you're gonna ruin your blades that mm-hmm. way. Or at least don't dull. do that. <laughs> or at least don't. Well, no, like that will like seriously do damage to your blades. You know, they will be completely useless if you keep doing that. We'll pretend anyway. that they're. Um, Th- those they're are those are my those are my martial artist um, beefs. There. We'll pretend they're made out of adamantium or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But still, uh, adamantium and adamantium still gonna ruin their, still gonna ruin the blades that way. Um, so one of the things that I did like about the change of the origin, origin story, so because April is is now raising the turtles and she's feeding them snacks of pizza, and that is why they have that that desire for pizza. I, I thought that was a really nice touch, to be honest. I did too. I, I thought that was so. Right. Um, can we buy a turtle and like feed it pizza? That's probably not the best thing to do. I did. I did order a pizza. Oh, <laughs> uh, amazing! Order a pizza for later. Oh, don't okay. give Fred any ideas. <laughs> ideas have been made. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I actually, and and I know that Shredder always fights with his suit. I thought that it, like, I don't know. Was there any, because of this new origin story, was there ever a built relationship between Shredder and Master Splinter? Well, I, I think Splinter, because Splinter kind of sort of touches on this when he's explaining their, what happened uh, to April. And he, he's telling he's telling her about how, how he saw the fight between um, her, April's dad and Sack. Mm-hmm. And it, it's there's an implication that Shredder's been more aware of what's been what was going on in the lab and who Sax was working for and Sax's history um, than um, than he but he does he, that he has a direct relationship with Splinter with with Shredder but that he knows more of what's going on than um, than a non-mutated rat would know. Um, so I, I did like that. I, I, oh, that was the other thing. I love the use. I loved how um, Splinter used his tail 
uh, when mm-hmm. during the fight zone. Oh, absolutely. That was, that was perfect. Really, like, of yeah. course, of course, you're gonna have, like, yeah, of course, you're gonna have your if you. You have a flim to use. Of course, you're going to use it that way. Absolutely. Okay. I, I just think that, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the original, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, was there some form of, like, master and apprentice thing between Shredder and Splinter? No, no. Shredder, um, Splinter was the pet of, of the, of, Shredder's old nemesis. Oh, okay. I guess. Um, okay. I I just felt like he was yeah. just way too um armed for his fight. Yeah, with there was Splinter. a bit of overkill. Yes, there was a um, there was a lot of overkill where Shredder was concerned. Like, um, yeah, he was compensating for something. He I don't know what it was. Cool. He did. <laughs> uh, um, I I don't know. What are we, what are we compensating for? I don't know. We're, we're, not, we're, not, we're not going to go any further with that because this is a family show. But <laughs> I mean, Michelangelo can make these jokes. I think I can too. <laughs> so that brings up a really yeah. good point. Because when Shredder's... I don't have to edit Michelangelo. <laughs> That's true. You, you bring up a good point. Because when Shredder is fighting the Foot Clan, um members in the that room or whichever he he destroys them like so easily without any armor on so i i think what would Mm -hmm. would have been really nice to see is him fighting the turtles and then his suit getting damaged and then him continuing the fight without a suit that would have been beautiful and i think that that's what i wanted instead of him having an armor to compensate for for just like why why is he weak like we should saw in the beginning that he's so strong so i think him removing everything and doing and beating um master splinter would have been so much more powerful than this just man who's hiding behind a suit yeah well i mean there's there's no real i mean there's the implication the implication is is that sax was basically raised by shredder yeah, there's no real discussion about how, how old Shredder is. Although the, I mean, the implication of the '90s movies that they're way older than than they than we think they are, mm-hmm. which is weird. But they're mutated, um, so it's it's they're mute. But no, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about Shredder and and um, Splinter's old sure. uh, mask old it, owner. Uh, there's 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 some there's an implication that they're way older than they probably should have been, and that um, Splinter basically was learning martial arts before he even got mutated. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but this this is kind of, this is kind of the the way they the way they changed the origin story at least for Shredder is like it's kind of like a bit secret of Nimish where like like they're like. Shredder's Shredder's given the mutagen and suddenly he becomes super smart. Yeah. And and eventually because of all the injections, they he and the turtles grow to be six six feet tall and, and stuff. So um so the implication is because the because he's been given the mutagen that he he's more aware of what's going on than a normal rep would be. Which mm-hmm. is kind of kind of which is kind of where I drew the the secret of Nim uh, parallel there. The the rats became more intelligent with whatever yeah. they were shot up with in that in that movie 
too. And in the book. Yeah. Um, is there any yeah. other things that you guys would have changed? Anything that you thought like worked really well? One of the things that also kind I, of bothered me. I think me, you're right. Go ahead. One of the other things that really bothered me was in that kind of like end fight scene. And um, April O'Neil is kind of like between the two buildings and she's holding on, but she has no problem holding on. But everyone else's super strength. You know what I mean? And then the whole thing falls down and she's just like, yeah, no big deal. I'm still alive. When everybody's confessing their love to each other and they're falling down the building. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. She should have been a little bit more damaged or she shouldn't have been there in the first place. Or it's not even that. Like maybe Raphael holds on to her or, you know, or somebody does. She's maybe strapped Adel, in. To be honest. She's Stra it's, it's strapped in somehow. It, it, the the way the way it looked like they were locked they were locked in that that spire. It kind of kind of reminded me of like you know like they were going to be on like they were on some kind of roller coaster. Like I they had the, like somehow they the they managed to have thing. the harness. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, yeah. Um, I I I agree with you guys about about um there should have been more build up to shredders. You know full on mech suit, but I think uh, somehow, somehow I think that's that's like you know a, a fault of even though Sax was raised in in Japan, kind of like a fault of you know the whole Western uh, the big it's bigger and shiner shiny big and shiny that for it must be better than um, everything else. So the, yeah, I I think that I think that's um, I think that's kind of a uh, kind of a nod to that but i'd be wrong um i think i think shredder shredder could have just you know not used that suit until he was you know faced with you know all four turtles but final boss style, when was he yeah. what, what was he gonna what was he gonna change between you know leaving the mansion and um getting to the city and stuff so yeah no, I agree. And that, that, you know, when you think of Shredder, you think of that suit, though. And I think that that's maybe why they just wanted to use it as much as possible, because that's how kids yeah. remember Shredder. Um, but I think mm -hmm. that you damper his abilities when he just has <clears throat> a suit that does everything like Iron Man. You, yeah, you, damp you dampen his, his actual fighting skill. Yeah, yeah. Like his his ability to fight, you know, barehanded and unarmed, or just with you know normal normal quote unquote weapons. Mm -hmm. When you when when you go to the the mech suit. Yeah, the mech suit looked really cool. It did. It was amazing, and the recalling of the knives is pretty. Yeah. It was pretty nice scene. Uh, oh when yeah. Splinters yeah. flying through the air like uh, Neo. Mm -hmm. All right. Are there any favorite quotes from the movie? I only saw Batman once. <laughs> the nerve. The nerve on that kid. So I I don't have any exact quotes written down, but I really liked how many references they made to either superheroes or Jedis, etc. So I really enjoyed that. And one of yeah. my favorite quotes, and I forget exactly how it goes, but Raphael, and they're about to do the, the big move at the end, and Raphael's like, remember that word I told you never to say? Well, you can say it. 
and he jumps in cowabunga yeah i thought it was cute because <laughs> that was a big throwback to the to the animated series yeah agreed agreed uh i i loved i love ralph the toughen it out it's like my shell's cracked just duct tape it up and donatello mm-hmm. being you know allow me let me be the best for for once and then realizing that he really shouldn't have volunteered but too it was too late um i actually and then this is you go ahead oh no no go ahead you can finish your oh then then and then you you live, you die, you fight as brothers. Remember, nothing is as strong as family. I thought that was just oh, awesome. Yeah. Of course. Well, even the I'm not going to read the whole entire um, uh, quote, but the quote that Raphael says to his brothers when he thinks that he's going to die, and he's like, "I only was tough on you guys because I was scared." Um, and he just becomes so vulnerable at that moment. And I was like, he's going to regret this as soon as they survive. And he, of course he is. Is he crying? Uh, no, there's just so much dust in the air. I just, I've always loved Raphael. And that was really spot on to the character that he is. Um, so I really, really enjoyed that. Um, I also. Yeah. I, yeah. Raph, Raph, Raph is. And Leo are pretty much tied for me, and I think this one yeah. kicked Roth, Roth up over Leo a bit. Um, but they're usually they're usually tied after Donatello. Yeah, yeah. Leo is blue, right? Yes. Yeah, I love blue. Leonardo yes. and Raphael. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I watched them. I was never a diehard. Anyways, um, the last one that I like from Splinter is uh, Listen Closely, My Sons, Leonardo, Be One with the Blade, Donatello, Instinct Over Strategy, Raphael, Precision, and Michelangelo, Control. Michelangelo has no control, so he needs to work on that extremely. No control whatsoever. No, whatsoever. Yeah, he failed on that no, one. So, no. yeah, I thought yeah. that that one was pretty funny because he didn't and mean he it to be funny. Yeah, and he pushes buttons when, when he, he doesn't know what I'll do and blows up cars. Uh, yep. Please. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, 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 except for it being the sewer, I really want Donatello uh, set up with all the screens. Oh, my gosh, yes. That, Where that he awesome. has, like, the, the cat hitting the piano with the chopsticks. Yeah, that was great. The, pla- the cat playing chopsticks <laughs> with chopsticks. With the song oh, sorry. Yes, yes. All right. Um, so let's get to plot holes and goofs. Carrie. Our, um, this first um, this first one I, I had to look up because I just wanted to double check uh, um, how you're supposed to hold a side. Um, consistent with the TMNT lore, Ryo holds his sides with two fingers over the yoke. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically two, two fingers over. Um, his fingers over the blade, uh, over the, uh, over the, the hooks, yep. uh, the tines. Um, no, no one who was even remotely trained in saijutsu or using size in combat would hold them in this fashion mm. as it defeats the purpose of the weapon. <laughs> um, How does Electra yeah, because hold them? That, um, she holds them correctly. She holds oh, them, okay. you know, up against her, up against her forearms or her hand with her her hands around the blades and her thumbs at the um at the joint there there. because those those hooks are for blocking and hooking away the weapon 
your fingers there defeats the purpose of blocking and hooking yep. away the weapon because well if your fingers are there they're not going to get they're they're going to get impact he's they're strong be he can handle those, it yeah yeah sure sure those uh joints and stuff <laughs> are going to are going to be completely imper- impervious to um force trauma anyway um also during the the flashbacks, a young Raphael carves a turtle statue out of a tree stump using his size. This is highly unlikely since size are truncheon weapons and are not, not sharp, but are used like batons for bludgeoning and stabbing. They're kind of like, they're like stilettos. They're the point, the pointy end is the deadly end, not the, mm-hmm. not the sides. They're no, they, they don't have blades, which also is a problem with, um, with holding the size the way he does. Because there's a if, if he was the size like the size like that, that would mean his fingers would be right next to the blade. Yeah, he'd be cutting himself. If, if that was an axe bladed weapon, and he would be cutting himself while holding the while holding his weapon, and that he just might have a lot of calluses. Using maybe maybe lots maybe. of scarring, yeah. lots of scar issue there. Um, continuity um, in the final showdown with Shredder, Leonardo throws one of his size, uh, one of his katanas at Shredder, which falls to the ground with Shredder. However, throughout the rest of the scene, Leo has two katanas on his back. Oh, interesting. Uh, I'm during the snow scene, uh, yes, yes, uh, During the snow scene, Michelangelo's rocket skateboard randomly appears and disappears. In fact, he did it. He didn't even appear to have it when the turtles were taken from the sewer. <laughs> and Roth didn't take it with him, apparently. But he had it on the mountain. Interesting. Of course he did. Uh, didn't even notice that. Um, actual errors. So he's I, he's got like, empty totally space noticed... under a shell. Oh, that's yeah, true. Sure. Maybe. He can hide mm-hmm. a lot in his house. Sure. Uh, factual errors. When April is calling Vern to ask for a ride to... Saxman, Vern sees April's phone number show up on caller ID before answering. But April is calling from a payphone. <laughs> there would not be a caller ID. That's really funny. And Fred, All what right. does Rotten Tomatoes say about this? All right, Rotten Tomatoes says, uh, number one, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is uncomplicated fun, offering nothing new save for the sad novelty of seeing Megan Fox be treated like an actual human being. Except for all the times when she's treated like an object. Yeah, and, um, I was like, wait a second. Well, they didn't I, put her in a bathing suit I or burned. an uncomfortable underwear scene or anything. They didn't put That's her in the bed or or the like clothes or anything. That like, she she is fully clothed for most of the um from or all of all of the film. Yeah. Number two, perhaps some overthinking a movie about Ninja Turtles, but the film wants you to underthink, and that's the problem. Interesting. Mm. Number three. I can't think of a recent blockbuster that's been raked across the coals as much as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Wow. Wow. That's that's too harsh. I really didn't think it was that bad. But this is where our movie ratings come in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what did we think about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Um, We have one out of ten adrenaline shots. Um, so Carrie, what do you think? 
Okay, so we we all know by now how how what my tolerance for cheese is. So, so given that I'm the it's high, uh, but that doesn't necessarily make for a good movie. Uh, so I would give this a six. It's still watchable. I still like I still like it, but it's it's not the greatest movie in the world, and I recognize that. So uh, six adrenaline shots. Perfect, Freddy. Which will not, not at all kill me because that much adrenaline will still be fine. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, this one wasn't my favorite one, um, but just looking at my list here, I, I think it's going to fall in line at a five. So that puts me in line with Superman two, The Punisher, Incredible Hulk from two thousand eight, Green Lantern. The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and X-Men Apocalypse. Um, and I think that I'm on that same um, range. Five out of ten adrenaline shots. I think that it's watchable. And I like if you just want to like sit down and watch something that has a lot of explosions and like a little bit of a whimsical aspect to it, like you can definitely watch this movie. Um, but there were some problems with the writing that. Um, we're just frustrating it just makes it cringy rather than enjoyable to watch but overall very watchable very enjoyable and like i told fred like you can smell michael bay was part of this movie yeah yeah well yeah it's kind of hard not to (laughs) smell a michael bay a, a michael bay movie at this point yeah yeah all right so what is next episode's movie carrie well, next month we are going to be talking about the sequel to this movie, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows. Yeah, I'm pretty happy that we're going to be watching them back to back so we don't forget anything. Yeah, yeah, my as our as our, one of our last tributes to Mike this this month, Mike did did make a good decision trying to group things together this way. No, yeah. I like that as well. Good point. Yeah. All right, so let's wrap this up. Carrie, hit us with that closing statement. I think you mean Fred by that closing oh, statement. Oh, Freddy, <laughs> hit us with that closing statement. So we want I to mean, hear I from can, you. I mean, I can, I can try to deepen my voice to sound like Fred, but it's really not going to work. <laughs> no, it's not going to work. Sorry. Fair enough. Uh, so, yeah, we want to hear from you. Let us know what you think about this movie. Email at capechronicles@randomchatter.com. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Are you in line with what we are? Let us know. We, we would love to hear it, and we would love to, to read it on the air. Um, if you don't want to email us, you could also reach out to us on Twitter at Random Chatter or at Crape Chronicles, or you can reach us individually. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kenobi. That's F-R-E-D-D-Y-W-O-N-Kenobi. Andrea, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at CatsBears. That's K-A-T-Z-B-E-A-R-Z. And Carrie? You can find me at CarrieBlackfire42. That's E-R-I-Blackfire42. And don't forget, it's not just Cape Chronicles at Random Chatter. You navigate to the site and take a look at all the other shows that are out there. And please don't hesitate to spread the word about us. Leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, etc., etc. If you say something nice, we will read it on the air. If you say something not nice, well, we'll probably just delete it and cry under our desks. (laughs) 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 And the music you hear in this podcast is High Roller Mojo by Blue Stally, and as silly as this sentence sounds, all trademarks are owned by the respective owners. Thank you for listening and have a good night. Cowabunga dudes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Power. Is that how it goes? Yes. Yay! <laughs> well, the song anyway. I think I think we mixed I think we mixed uh, 
TMNT with Sailor Moon, but okay. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>